It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 569 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Joining you on this episode today is Willis Turner. He's the president and CEO of SMEI, Sales and Marketing Executives International. Now, this is really going to be interesting today because Willis and I are going to talk about professional certification for salespeople. And that's right. I mean, right now there are thousands of salespeople out there that are certified sales professionals. So we're going to talk about what that means and also talk about the certification process itself because there are thousands more sales professionals right now going through the certification process. And it's interesting. You know, this designation is meant to tell employers and customers that the salesperson in front of them possesses you know, a certain level of knowledge and skills about sales. So you know, if you went out and were looking for a financial planner, I mean, you'd want to make sure you're working with a certified financial planner. You know, are we coming to the point where customers are going to work with certified sales professionals? Well, I mean, no, maybe it's an idea whose time has come. But anyway, take a listen. Let me know what you think. In the meantime, if you'd like to see a summary notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 569. Hey, I also want to bring you up to date on some changes. I mentioned this last week. For those who want to follow me on Twitter or are following me on Twitter, I've changed my Twitter handle. It was at zero time selling. It's now at real Andy Paul. Unfortunately, the person that has Andy Paul, just plain Andy Paul, hasn't tweeted once in the last nine years. But anyway, separate story about why we can't get the name from Twitter. But anyway, so that's at real Andy Paul. We're also, as I mentioned last week, coming up on real milestone a million downloads. A million downloads of this show, a million listens. And I really appreciate all of you who have invested your time to listen to the show, continue to invest your time each day to listen on a regular basis or whether it's just from time to time. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, I'm talking the last couple weeks about a new research report I just produced based on the input of over 300 leading entrepreneurs, sales leaders, thought leaders, experienced executives, and actually people I've interviewed right here on Accelerate. And this report is about what you can do to amp up and accelerate your sales right now as five step-by-step recommendations that you can put to use really quickly. I really recommend you invest a few minutes, download it. It's free. You can find it at accelerate.fm forward slash accelerate. That's accelerate.fm forward slash accelerate. Finally, before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that I want to hear your questions about the challenges you're facing in sales and sales management. If you're stuck at a particular point in time with a specific challenge and you want some input on what you can do to sort of get over it um, or surmount it, if you will, then, then send your question to me. Uh, there's two ways to do it. You can email it to me at andy at andypaul.com or you can go to my website, andypaul.com. On the lower right-hand corner, there's a button and uh, you can then speak and dictate your question and I'll receive it as an audio file. It's very cool. So one of those two ways, either at andy at andypaul.com or just go to andypaul.com, the website. And each week, I'll choose one question from those submitted the previous week to answer with my friend Bridget Gleason on our regular Friday conversation. And the winner, the person who's submitted the question that we choose, will win a free half-hour coaching call with me. That's a $250 value. So don't delay. Submit it today. Email andy at andypaul.com or just go to andypaul.com and speak your question. All right, here we go. Conversation with Willis Turner coming up. Willis, welcome to Accelerate. It's my pleasure to be here with you. A pleasure to have you here. Uh, I look forward to having you on the show for a long time. So I have a standard question I open the show with for all my guests, and that is, in your mind, 
what is the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today? I think one of the big challenges is taking the time out to sharpen the saw, keep educated, and keep up to date on the newest technologies, uh, some of the new marketing techniques, really staying plugged in on the education side. I think that's a big challenge because people get caught up in the day-to-day and the drive to accelerate growth, but they forget that they need to work on themselves. Yeah, and I and I think that that's that's actually gonna <laughs> it's gonna feel like a setup question for the rest of the interview. But as we talk about what uh, what your organization does, but it's yeah, this there's sort of two things that sort of come to mind every time I sort of we talk about this topic is is I agree 100 percent that that uh, this commitment to lifelong learning really important. But I, I guess the question I'd ask is is do organizations assume that Sales reps have to take sort of full responsibility for that. I mean, it's it's you know every time I talk to a guest and you know they'll make a recommendation. Oh, we wish sales reps read more. And if you ask the question, well, okay, do you set aside time during the business day to give them time to read? And it's like, well, no, 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 they need to do that at home. You know, turn off the TV and read. And it seems like that's part of the issue. We want them to do it, but we don't give them time to do it. It could be part of the issue. I think that the great companies that have a good Salesforce culture do emphasize the need for education and training, but more and more we're seeing a trend towards self-directed learning. And this is where sales professionals take charge of their own learning and they invest time and dollars into advancing their own career. Because as we know, in today's world, People don't stay with the same company forever. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to look at it from a sales professional's perspective is I'm in charge of my own career. I can't afford to rely on my employer or the company I work with to give me those opportunities. If they do, that's a bonus. But if they don't, I need to be in charge of that. So they shouldn't expect that. That's what you're saying from the organizations anymore and from their employers. Yeah, you know, they may, they may expect it, but their expectations may not be met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of an interesting different perspective is, is um, you know, if, from the, the perspective you're sort of talking about is if sales reps are saying, oh, I'm in charge of my career, I have to make the investments myself, then do you see that sort of, you know, portending a change in terms of the relationship that salespeople have with employers, that even become more, you know, contract employees, like, you know, a doctor working for a hospital or something like that. I think that that could be more of a trend. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more independence uh, from the, the employer organization and the sales rep. And this is not just in selling. This is right across the board in many different professions right? where people are working independently. Uh, they're working on, you know, kind of their own time, their own schedule as long as they meet the commitments that they've agreed to uh, with the organization that they work with or they're contracted with. And so we're seeing a lot more of this where work is becoming more flexible and it's more outcome oriented, but means that the onus is going to be on the individual to keep themselves abreast of what's going on in, in their profession. Yeah, I was just wondering, could you ever sort of foresee a time where, you know, you have a good-sized organization that, you know, on the surface it looks like, yeah, they've got a well-staffed 
sales organization, but they're all independent contractors paid on purely on performance. That could be in the future. I think it's going to take some time before that's you know, wholesale across the board, but I think that we can definitely see that. Now it's, you know, it's been that way for quite some time in terms of manufacturers reps. Exactly. Where they might rep out for several different manufacturers. So this is not a new thing. No, but on the scale perhaps that, that it might be anticipated, yeah, it could be very different. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your organization, the Sales and Marketing Executives International, and what you guys do. Well, our organization um, is fondly known with the acronym SMEI. It's been around for a long time. It was founded as a nonprofit in New York in 1935. And since that time, we've tried to stay true to the founding principles. And those are to offer career advancement support for people who are in the sales and marketing profession. And on the other side of the coin, to help provide career readiness support for those people who are coming out of, of college and university and looking for meaningful work in sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And we do that in a number of ways. We have grown to a little over 60,000 members around the world. Uh, we operate in several different countries and our most famous service is certification. Right. So we're not a training organization per se. We're not a sales training organization, but we do offer certification in order to achieve certification individuals must meet prerequisites and pass an exam and most of those individuals who apply for certification are going to want some kind of training to get ready for that exam so there are opportunities with online courses and in some of our countries around the world we do have licensed training providers who help people get ready for the exam and then we also partner with universities where they partner with us to pr- provide either certification using our content or we accredit existing courses at universities so that students can earn a certification while they're going through school. Okay. And so what, what is that certification? Is that the, well, we have, the CSP? We have four certifications. We have in sales, there are two. There is a certified sales executive or CSE, which is for sales managers. We have a SMEI Certified Professional Salesperson, or SCPS, which is for salespeople. And then we have a C Certified Marketing Executive, or CME, for marketing managers. And then a SMEI Certified Professional Marketer, or SCPM, for people who are working in the marketing department. So let's, let's sort of dig down into this. Because, you know, I... I um... Yeah, I, I one hand I want to say, well, hey, I think this is an idea whose time has come. But obviously, you guys have been doing this for a long time. But but it seems like certification answers or provides at least a partial answer for a lot of the challenges that I hear on this show and you know companies I work with and people that that outreach to me about you know building a sales team and having you know just a, we talk about how fraught with the risk the whole hiring process is. It seems like certification addresses perhaps part of that. Well, it does. One of the things that we've found, and there are companies who have actually embraced our certification process, and they've rolled it out for all of their their enterprise. And when they do that, 
what they're looking for is to third-party validation. So this is an unbiased third-party validation of their sales force, but it doesn't certify their sales force. It certifies individuals. Right. So each individual must meet the requirements to get certification. And then there comes a certain tipping point in the organization when, say, 70 or 80% of, of their sales organization has met those commitments and passed their exams where they can say, you know, our sales force is certified. And it kind of acts as kind of a self-cleansing process as well as we found that people who don't muster up the courage or, or the discipline to go through this process generally aren't a good fit for the culture of that organization. Mm-hmm. And they end up parting ways with the company. And it's not, a, you know, it's not a, a forced, you know, you take this or you're out kind of thing. There's kind of a carrot dangling out there that, you know, there's going to be an exciting career path for you in this company if you achieve this certification. Right. But what it really does is it's helped move the needle uh, in terms of having a professional sales culture. And that's what our goal is, is we want to have a worldwide standard where companies can say our sales force meets a global standard in professional sales or professional marketing. Right. So let's talk about the certification then itself. So, and we'll stick with the sales side for now is, is, is you're not certifying competence. You're certifying knowledge, just like a a medical professional or a legal professional. I mean, the fact they're certified doesn't necessarily mean they're competent. Well, we would like them to be competent, obviously. Sure. It's it's really hard to test for competence. Exactly. We have some prerequisites built in that acknowledge competence. For example, you, you cannot get certified unless you have experience in the field. So individuals coming out of university who don't have three years of experience in sales management would not be able to get a sales management certification. They can get an I. IT or in training designation mm-hmm. can down the road uh, give us supporting documentation and reference letters to show that they have the experience and the competence. So they can rely on employers or customers to validate them and show us that they have the competence and the experience that they need. So yes, we do test for knowledge, but we want to see competence as well. And so when you're saying you're testing for knowledge, so what are the type of things, you know, give us some examples of the types of, of knowledge that you test. Well, we test um, based on some, we have an actual, we did a, a detailed job analysis. That's how uh, true certification programs are done. There's a, the first step is a detailed job analysis. See what it is that those individuals are, um, they're, they're required to have in terms of competence, mm-hmm. different competence clusters. And then we develop from that detailed um, job analysis, we, we create a uh, set of competencies that we're looking for in terms of what should a salesperson be tested on. And once we have that, then we develop the, the test bank based on those items. So the, it's, a, it's quite a uh, detailed and complicated process to create the certification and and decide what we're going to test on. Right. Then we have to have a a method to make sure that our test items are, that are sound, that they're going to test uh, for the things that are, 
that are important and that they're going to be done in a way that's fair so that the person taking the test is, you know, has confidence in the outcome. And so give me an example of, of the types of, you know, sort of knowledge-based questions that, uh, that you might test on, you know, relative to sales, just so people listening get a sense, get a sense of what that is. Sure. So we would be testing on things, uh, for example, we would be looking to test on um, ethics. Okay. That's, that's a, a, you know, that's a really, really important part of professional selling is, is the ethics. And we want to see uh, ethical practices in sales and marketing. So we're going to be talking about re- customer relationships and ethics uh, we're going to talk about the psychology of selling, why people buy, mm-hmm. uh, understanding what goes on inside a person's mind when they're making a decision about uh, making a purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to look at relationship building and the style of communication and how relationships are, are built. So there, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of content that goes into these, what we call competency clusters. Right. When I, I, part of the reason I'm, you know, interested among the many reasons I'm interested in certifications is that it seems like, you know, with every new cohort that comes into the sales profession that, you know, we're reteaching the employers are reteaching, uh, you know, some of these fundamentals that you talked about, you know, the important one could be, you know, empathy for the customer, that uh, could be, you know, don't default to a pitch before you ask questions. You know, how do you do defective discovery and so on? Things that that seem like just sort of part of the baseline sales culture you'd expect almost in any organization. And I've always thought, well, yeah, if there's you know education at the secondary level and colleges, universities, or some sort of certification as you're talking about, that then some of these baseline things are covered in a lot of the conversations. You know, if you go into <laughs> the, the internet and listen to the conversations about what the experts say you should do, we could get rid of three quarters of those because they all address these same sort of fundamental issues. Yeah. So th- that's true. And so it's really important that we have a, you know, a sound basis for what constitutes a professional in selling and also in, in sales management. So there's actually, there's some crossover between sales management and selling, obviously. Sure. Uh, that there needs to be a core competency in selling also in, in the sales manager's functions. But when we look at that selling, we need to also look at things like organizing sales efforts so that the work is effective inside of an organizational structure. And that, there are many different facets to that. For mm-hmm. example, you know, understanding why selling is important to organizational success. You know, a lot of people might think, well, I'm just a salesperson, but not realizing the big picture about how important this selling function is to organizational success. So that is a, that's a key attribute that we want to see in a sales professional. We want to be able to ask them, what's the big picture for your organization? And how can you drill down from the company mission and vision into the, the uh, departmental uh, goals and objectives that are based on the corporate hierarchy? Mm-hmm. 
drive that down into selling and, and how, how does that mean? What does that mean to you and how does it make, and make your job meaningful? So on both the, the individual sales professional and on the management level, so how do you how do you keep the standards current in terms of what needs to be included in the certification? Because, you know, we've seen, you know, a fair amount of upheaval in sales over the last five to 10 years, you know, the growth of inside sales versus outside sales, you know, customer service managers versus account execs or customer success managers, excuse me, versus account execs. Um, so how, how do you, how do you sort of pull the marketplace or survey the marketplace or whatever and say, okay, these are the things we need to include in the certification so that they're, you know, current with what's going on in the market? So that's a good question. And that's where we do the detailed job analysis in order to develop these competencies. And that gets refreshed every four to five years. So what you're seeing in, in our competency clusters is there's a, there is a, there's fundamental truths there. Mm -hmm. There are some things that are going to change in terms of selling processes, but the, Building customer relationships is really not going to change. That's that's a fundamental. Right. And you see a lot of these tenants inside the sales uh, certification mm -hmm. process that they're not going to be trendy things. And it doesn't really matter what you call someone in terms of their job title. It's really irrelevant. And you know, a lot of companies come up with fancy titles, but when it all comes down to it, there's one thing that has to happen in that the that is that the sale has to be transacted right? and there has to be follow-up. And so who's really in charge of that doesn't really matter. It matters that who is in charge of it is professional in how they do it and that there's a system for doing it and it's done professionally. Yeah, I think, I think one of the, the great things that would be interesting to see is starting to see demand from buyers for this type of certification from the sellers that they deal with. I mean, and then I guess the, the point would have to be is, yeah, this certification really is of value to the buyers, right, in their mind, that they're working with someone that, that has this, this certification that, that tells them something of value about that person. Yes, and you know where the customers that find this of the biggest value are, are the customers who are themselves certified in some discipline. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, a purchasing manager. Right. might be certified by their purchasing management association. And so they recognize the credentials when they meet a professional across the desk. Another one that we noticed is in the <clears throat> one of the largest customers that we have in the certification program for sales and sales management is the Toro company when they have several hundred people certified by SMEI. And the people that they're dealing with are certified golf course superintendents. Mm -hmm. So they're certified by their industry association. So you're seeing, you're matching value. And this is when you elevate the sales profession, when you can sit across the desk from someone who recognizes the credential. And so it drives demand. And I'm sure it's driving demand in other industries as well. So you'll see, I think, more of this in the future where the certifications are going to be recognized by the buyer and there's going to be more demand for that. And one thing that we've noticed and from third-party research is that buyers do a lot of research and they know who the sellers are and they evaluate their professionalism based on online profiles and platforms like LinkedIn and other, other areas. So those 
those are ways that customers and buyers can look up the selling organization and the salespeople and, and make an evaluation. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's it's something that that uh, whose time seems to be coming. I I sort of get the sense that in Europe that the certifications have more value. For instance, there are certain markets. Right, I think there's more of a tradition of this in certain markets. And again, I think I think Europe or perhaps certain countries within Europe is one. Have you have you seen that as well? We see in certain pockets, yes, um, and especially in developing countries in Eastern Europe, there are there's sometimes a bigger demand because people are more like sponges in terms of education and certification. They want to become seen as equals with the Western world. So they're really striving to earn that respect. And we're also seeing it in other developing countries in Asia. The certification is extremely popular and the Middle East. And the same goes for those countries. They're looking, those sellers are looking to work on the world stage. They want to be recognized by their peers in the Western world, and they they regard the Western education and the selling process and the professionalism as with with uh, very high regard. So they want to be seen and respected in the same way. So they're in, in sometimes wanting certification more than people in the West. And I think that when all of this shakes out, we we need to kind of shake our heads a little bit in the West and. Maybe it's a wake-up call that individuals are going to need to pay more attention to their professional education, as we talked about in the opening. Yeah, well, I mean, I think one of the first things you really want to start seeing is, is again, getting back to what we talked about with hiring managers and sort of the, the risk profile of hiring a new sales rep is, okay, well, why don't you take one step that on the surface of it seems like it could could, it's not a guarantee, obviously, but could mitigate some of that risk, which is put in your job description and your job specification, whatever name you want to give it is, yeah, we're we're looking for people with certain experience and certain certification. I mean, gosh, you see it all the time and and, and you know, people are hiring marketing roles. So we want an MBA. Well, not that the MBA really is a guarantee that's taught you anything. Of, of that's really specific and relevant to, but a certification would be for sales, right? I mean, if you know what the, what they're certifying against, you know, I'd love to see somebody put out a job description for sales, which I've yet to see myself, that says, yeah, we only give priority to people that are are certified, but either by SM, SMAI or, or whomever. Yeah, and that's that's something that we would like to see as well, obviously. One of the things that we are doing is we're issuing, we issue digital badges for people who are certified. And ba- digital badging now is becoming very uh, critical in terms of recognizing people, and not, not just for education, but for other things as well. But achievement in the career path, digital badging is, is, really, is really important. Right. And our digital badges actually plug into LinkedIn so that they can help an individual enhance their LinkedIn profile. But we also work with digital badging in a in a career center where in potential employers can be flagged when someone earns a new skill or gets a new credential. Right. And so those badges are going to lift people's profiles up to the top. So we recognize that not everyone is going to get certified, and we probably don't want to certify everyone. But what it does is it elevates a percentage of professionals um, above their peers so that they get more recognition for taking the time and the effort and the investment to improve their education and 
and their professional status. Well, exactly. And I think, as I said before, I think this is something that has become of you know, greater use in currency that, that it's perceived by the buyers to have value. Right. I mean, if you they're the, they're searching the LinkedIn profile of of the salespeople for sure, and we know this happens. And so, yeah, you know, if you're listening to this show and you say, "Well, I don't really get it," it's like to the point you just made. Willis is is yeah, they're looking at LinkedIn profiles. I have a choice between somebody that has the certification and a similar track record to somebody that doesn't have the certification. You know, who might interest me more? I mean, I think this is this is not. Uh, <laughs> I don't see it's. Irrelevant at all. In fact, I think it's this you know this tangible differentiation really become quite important. I mean, one of the things that 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 I'd love to see is you know certification grow, but also along with certification is some sort of continuing education required as well. Because the point we sort of touched on earlier is, is sales professionals just get stale, and and you know they're they're not investing the time and effort uh, individually as they should, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. And you know, I think certifications, continuing education, really for for uh, for many people, also sort of help deal with some of the uh, rampant ageism I see in sales as well, especially in the tech business, right? Where you know, if you're not 24, they don't want to talk to you, or you're not 22, they don't want to talk to you. It's like, yeah, you, know, you could have all these these uh, you know individuals that are in their 30s, 40s uh, that have certifications and are keeping up their continuing education. That might change that quite a bit. Yeah, and that's a good point. And our certifications actually do require 20 hours of professional development every year in order to be renewed. And so that's the difference between a degree and certification. So true certification programs do require continuing ed. Right. Um, You know, and a degree is a great thing. And when you get your degree, that's a celebration. You get, you know, it's it's a milestone. You've marked the end of, of your education for that particular segment. But certification is really the beginning of a lifelong commitment to learning because you do need to keep that up over, you know, every year as long as you want to maintain that designation. Yeah. So what does the continuing education look like? What's, what form does it have to take to be acceptable to you? Well, we have a long list of uh, opportunities that qualify for professional development hours. In, you know, soft skills, they don't have to necessarily be sales or marketing related, it could be time management. Um, it could be uh, a, a number of different things, but those opportunities are are available. SMEI provides a, a lot of that content to our members through web-based workshops, so webinars and, and seminars online. But companies also can qualify, as long as they're not doing product training, which is, product training doesn't count, but mm-hmm. a lot of companies do provide training to their salespeople, and those can be approved by SMEI. So there's a lot of third-party programs that are approved. And what does it cost for an individual to go through the certification process? The uh, top-end price is $1,049 for the certification application, and it does also include an online exam prep course Mm -hmm. so that they can you know, study online individuals who apply have a year to get ready for the exam before they sit. And the exam can be taken online as well. So it's it's a very reasonable program. And then the annual renewal is $95. So, and that keeps that certification up to date and relevant. 
Yeah. So what you're saying is basically the investment is minimal and the potential value that you get from it, especially over starting from today and over over the, the duration of your career, potentially pretty significant. I mean, think about it. I mean, a thousand bucks. If this was the difference between you winning or losing just one deal of any sort of moderate size, uh, it's more than paid for itself many, many, many times over. So, last question for you is, is you know, have you seen any sort of move afoot anywhere, let's say in North America, because you're in Canada, here in the United States, you're obviously spent a lot of time in terms of you know, a regulatory environment saying, yeah, we we want to see sales become regulated in the way that medicine and lawyers and others are. We haven't really seen anything like that. Um, I I don't know if we want to add more red tape. <laughs> sure. We would love to see people uh, self-regulate, um, get get involved and in, um, get their certification and, and join in in the organization because it's an organization of peers and we tend to self-regulate. There's been very few times, there's been a few times when we've had to take someone's certification away for unethical behavior. Um, but that's a, there's a due process for that and it's not something that's taken lightly. So that's kind of a self-regulation by peers, uh, regulating their peers. So I think that's sufficient. I think it should be voluntary and I, you know, people who are really sincere and, and keen about their profession. You know, we've had people who've been in sales for a couple of decades saying, why me, why should I have to do this when their companies that rolls this program out? And the answer is why not? Why not celebrate this? Why not get validated? Right. Because you, you've earned it. Now let's get it for you. So, and you know, We've had people who've gone through the exam prep process and then come back and unsolicited testimonials and say, now I know why I lost that big deal six months ago. Mm-hmm. I found it, you know, chapter and verse here. I can tell, I can tell you exactly why I lost it. So they're doing postmortems on, on lost opportunities and, and looking at things differently and saying, well, I knew this, but I just needed to be reminded, or this is absolutely new and, and cool. I, I love this new knowledge. So it's uh, it's exciting to see people advance that way. Yeah, well, I think for individual sales professionals listening to the show today, this episode is is this is a trend that I personally believe is going to become much more significant heading into the future. That increasingly, you know, companies that are hiring salespeople are going to be requiring people to be certified because again, it's it is something else again to help them mitigate some of the risk of hiring. Um, as you said, it also plays into if they've got a culture that they've established the company that uh, the certification plays into in terms of learning and, and ongoing learning, that becomes critical. And then I think it's not unexpected to, to think that increasingly buyers over time will also want to be dealing with, you know, we talk about there's going to be increased emphasis on you know, the building human relationships uh, in the second machine age, you know, as AI and other technologies come into the space, you know, there's going to be increased importance on the ability to build human relationships. And, you know, anything that, that certifies that people have some experience of being able to do that, uh, customers are going to look for, right? And if they're going to look for the trusted advisor, well, who am I going to choose from? Yes, I saw a great billboard. You was talking about AI, and I saw a great billboard the other day. I 
was driving by too fast to see actually what the who was who put it up there. But it says art um, intelligent uh, artificial isn't always intelligent. <laughs> yeah. So you need people, and you need people with good reasoning skills and and good thought processes and good relationship building skills because machines are not always going to do the job for us. And there are some things that cannot be replaced by AI and machines. Right. So they can help us, but we still need those critical skills. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Well, Willis, it's been great talking to you. It's a, a wonderful topic and we'd love to have you come back on and we'll talk about it again. So tell people how they can find out more about uh, SMEI and connect with you. Sure, it's really easy. SMEI.org. SMEI.org is our website and lots of information there. Okay. And they can find out how to connect with you there? Sure. Excellent. All right. Well, again, Will Stern, thank you for joining us. Friends, thank you for spending this time with us today. Make sure you come back and join us for the next episode of Accelerate. Until then, really appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, go to iTunes or if you listen to this podcast, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. We want to hear what we can do to make this a better, more valuable experience for you. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. 